Hello, everybody. Welcome to Laser Focus, the deep dive pop culture podcast from Nerdist. My name is Kyle Anderson. I hope you enjoyed your week away from me. <laughs> um, if you are, in fact, a person who celebrated Thanksgiving, um, I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. So we are, you know, we're getting ready for the end of the year. And so we have a lot of uh, end of year stuff on the horizon. Uh, we've got best of TV. We've got best of movies. We've got some sort of, you know, just kind of looking in the rear view of 2023. But this episode, uh, we're sort of looking in the rear view of an entire franchise or at least an entire cinematic universe. Um, and kind of, we're going to talk about, uh, obviously what didn't work about it because it is being rebooted, um, kind of unceremoniously. Well, I mean, very ceremoniously actually, but it's being sunset very unceremoniously and, uh, and how that kind of doesn't happen, not as officially as, as, as it goes. So, uh, here to talk to me, but obviously a beating around the bush, we're going to talk about the DCEU and how it is officially done. Um, Aquaman two, uh, Jason Momoa was quoted as saying that it is the end of that. So it's not carrying over. There's like, there's only one thing as far as we know, two things, I guess that are carrying over from the DCEU to the new DCU. Um, but we're going to talk about that and here to talk to me, talk to me and with me and about me um about this is uh is none other than eric diaz who is as you know from this podcast longtime dc fanboy the flash movie apologist yeah <laughs> we both kind of were we both kind of were yeah it's I definitely think a lot true. of people were it's you know I, I i actually don't think it's so bad I, I was thinking about this how, how to put it it's like hmm. it's better than it could have been not quite as good as it should have been. That's the where that's where sure. I, I think it's it's perfectly fine, but that's yeah. not something people really, you know, things are either they suck or they're amazing. Right. Things can't just be <laughs> fine anymore. Things can't be fine anymore. The internet hasn't allowed for that. Um because fine apparently is bad. Well, nothing is like I don't know if this has ever happened to you. <laughs> has this ever happened to you? Like that's very relatable. No, but like um you like uh use an app or something like that or or get delivery and then they go rate your delivery and it would and you go four out of five and then they're like what was the matter with it it's like nothing <laughs> nothing yeah. the matter with that four out of five was good yeah five like, if it gets here early <laughs> yeah exactly and and but people are always like what could have been better it's like why does it always like if it's not five out of five it may as well be a one in terms of the way people react yep. to stuff yeah so it drives me nuts um but we are of course, talking about uh, an entire, basically almost 10 years worth of, uh, oh, exactly 10 years, right? Because Exactly the first one, 10 years. The first one was 2013. Dang. So I remember going to see, I don't know if it was the first screening of it or a very first screening of Man of Steel, but it was at um, LA Film Fest downtown um, and being like really hyped about it and everything like that and actually gave it a pretty good review at the time, but it is, it is definitely kind of soured in my opinion since then. Yeah, I, I, I had the same feeling because I saw it opening weekend and I mostly liked it. I still mostly like it, but it's so much that it has wrought <laughs> mm -hmm. is bad that I kind of it, it gets more hatred from me because of like so many things it kind of caused. <laughs> you know what I mean? That aren't really yeah. the movies. Oh, absolutely. That aren't really the movie's fault. Um, I, 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 it's not a good Superman movie. But it's not a bad movie movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, it, it's sort of the way that I look at the way Tim Burton's Batman movies. They're not really good Batman movies. He's just using Batman iconography to tell Tim Burton stuff. 
And I think mm-hmm. Zack Snyder looked at Man of Steel like, I'm going to use Superman iconography to tell an alien invasion story with a lot of damage. And he did that. But it's not a great yeah. Superman movie. So you know. what I think the problem, I mean, uh, so, okay. So we have a, a, a number of movies to talk about. Um, obviously, uh, Warner Brothers slash DC was, was trying to um, very pointedly kind of uh, get to the end of what uh, Marvel had set up with its entire first phase, which is let us get to cinematic universe as quickly as possible in the second movie in our franchise. And what I think they actually did, because because. Uh, BVS, Batman v Superman, and and the first Suicide Squad both came out in 2016. So they took the three years after Man of Steel to be like, okay, let this is our new cinematic universe. The first step, the first instance of which is um, Man of Steel. It's like if that movie were just to your point about it being like what it has wrought is is worse than the actual movie. I if the movie had just been a standalone kind of interesting Superman take, I think it would have been fine. But the fact that Mm -hmm. they went, this is our cinematic universe because it's a, it's a, you know, gritty realistic take on the DC characters and stuff. Like that's, that's the problem is that. Yeah. They, they chose the wrong thing. They didn't have a, they didn't have a, well, I I was going to say they didn't have a vision, but like, you can't argue that Zack Snyder doesn't have a vision for the characters. Yeah, universe. no, he does. It's just not one that I think corresponds with the core of what those characters are, you know, yeah. at all. <laughs> I think yeah. BVS did the most damage yeah. more than anything else. BVS is, you know, because that was their Avengers that they rushed to. And, you know, it doesn't work in no. almost any way. Like, it's just so... Uh, someone on social media had posted the other day that like in civil war, which came out the same year, civil war and BVS came out the same, like within like a month of each other. Yeah. And they're like Spider-Man who has this tiny role in, in civil war has more dialogue in a movie than, than Superman does in a movie where he's in the title, like mostly Clark stares and broods. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Spider-Man's a talky character, but still that's a two and a half hour movie, you know, and it's so sidelines Clark in such a big way. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It, that movie does a lot wrong. I own it because Wonder Woman's in it and she's my favorite character, sure. but I don't like, it's not good. And right. it needed to be their Avengers. It needed to be the thing that really springboarded everything. And it just, it does so much stuff wrong. <laughs> Yeah. And that's really like it because fe- I remember when they first announced, I think it was at a Comic-Con. I I mean, it certainly was yeah. that they were going to do Batman v Superman. It was going to be the next, you know, the follow up to Man of Steel. And as mu- as many problems as I have and had with Man of Steel, um, Henry Cavill Superman was not one of them. Like he nope. I think he's a good choice to be Superman. And he has never really gotten the chance to be Superman. Like he's, he's had to be broody alien Jesus. Right. Um, which is a take on Superman, but it's not, it's not you and yours and my take on Superman. And I don't no, think like most people's. You know, yeah. The same. I mean, you can, it's, it's tough to say, cause you can do a lot of things with Batman and you can do a lot of things with Superman, but I feel like Superman is much more like he has to be a, a force for hope. Yes. Yeah. And you can, like all you want be like, that's the Kryptonian word for hope. It's like, yeah, but there's nothing in the movie to kind of signify that that was 
the case, no. you know, like the, he's not a hopeful character in that movie or even in, and certainly not in BVS. No. And BVS is where it, we needed to start seeing it. It makes a certain amount of sense in his first mission right. when he's, the world is getting to know him. You're like, all right, they're wary of him. I, this doesn't bother me that much, but it's been some time by the time we get to the second movie. And it's like, it's BVS just doubles down on everything that didn't work in the first movie. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like, he didn't get any notes. <laughs> about like okay we don't want this you know wonder woman is just thrown in there at the end like I, I if you didn't know who wonder woman was as a character of pop culture it would be so weird that this woman who's just sort of in and out of the movie for two hours shows up in warrior armor at the end i'm like i guess you know they know we know right but there's no setup for that of her no. being anything super powered or anything <laughs> like it's just oh okay she's okay fine you know, and then rushing to Superman's death when we hadn't even, yeah. You know, you want us to feel like we did about Tony Stark's death, then you need to have a lot more movies with Superman in them than one. Yeah, and even like, uh, you know, the Avengers uh, is what they were going for. That's what they wanted. They were like, "Here's our big team up movie," because it wasn't yeah. just Batman v Superman. Because that was initially it was going to be just called Batman v Superman, but then they were like, "No, it's got to be a cinematic universe." team up so it's got to be batman v dawn superman colon, dawn of justice so it's like oh the du- justice league has to start and it was just like just from that title it's too much like that's that's yeah. not any <laughs> um why are Bat- batman yeah. and superman v like it, 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 it's a you very can make a justice league movie without setting it up I and mean, there's a way to do that they just didn't you know what i mean it was yeah it, i i think those characters are so known in pop culture that they could have done what the George Miller was going to do. If for people right. who don't know, there was going to be a, a Mad Max director. George Miller was going to do a justice league movie around the time dark Knight came out. And Chris Nolan was like, I'm in the middle of my trilogy. You don't do that. Don't mm. use Batman and anything else. But that movie was just going to have a justice league that just existed. And mm. we would get to know those characters. And I'm like, that could have worked. You know, you could do that, but this was so much in the the vein of the Marvel mold of like, mm-hmm. who we're setting things up or, you know, and it just, it's just rushed and it's also it's dour and not good. I mean, I I, I don't want to sound like a Marvel stand because I'm actually a bigger DC comics fan than a Marvel guy, but the, the contrast between civil war and, and BBS, they both came out that year. They both are, you know, two main heroes fighting each other. And yet you look at civil war, it, it blows my mind. It's like that movie has to do so many things mm-hmm. and, and, juggle so many characters and introduce two new characters and it does it with such like ease and then there's bvs which is like we got to introduce these two new characters into this and and we've got two and a half hours to do it and they can't really pull it off so that you care about them yeah like, in any way and it's just it's tragic and you know there are people who try to make you know the snyder fans you know god bless them they try to make it seem like well it was this really big success it like made 800 something worldwide and i'm like okay but this is batman and superman in a movie together this should have been an easy billion dollars for yeah for warner brothers well and also there's i don't know the exact numbers but that was the big thing at the at the time it came out it was like the biggest opening weekend ever and then the biggest drop off in week two yeah. ever. Like people, once they saw it, they were like, uh, you know. or like word of mouth or whatever. People who maybe were going to go see it the second week were like, you know what? I don't really feel like it. So exactly. Like, like it just didn't have the Avengers effect. No. And all. I don't even, I don't like civil war. That's uh, I oh, you don't like civil war. I don't, okay. but I do think it, it works a million times better than BBS. And it like without killing a single character, 
a, yeah. a main character, you know, like hero, it it ends on such a devastating note, like yeah. you know, the dissolution of of not just the Avengers as we knew it at the time, but like as a, of friendships, you know, and like all this stuff happened. It and it by that point that was what the you know twelfth movie or I don't even remember something what it like was. that, like yeah. Um, and so you do get to know, like there were, there are bits of it that I'm like, Wanda and vision. We don't, I don't really buy their relationship because we didn't spend much time with it. Like it basically just starts in, well, they meet each other in age of Ultron by civil war. They're kind of living together. And then by, um, infinity war, he dies, but they've been in love forever. It's like, I just, there's too much in between the movies for that relationship. Uh However, I still buy it more than I buy like the the Clark and Lois relationship in, yeah. in BBS because like they're just well, not it also in, in it, it introduces it introduces two characters very well like it introduces Black Panther and Spider Man yeah like and you know everything you need to know about them to want to follow them later yeah with a lot less screen time than for example you know Wonder Woman mm-hmm. who was very lucky that her first movie was so good. Yeah, you know, and I think that's. I mean, let's, we'll get to that, but like, I think, I think the DCEU would have ended a lot uh, longer ago if it wasn't for the fact that they had these random big successes. Yeah, and I think the people at Warner Brothers were like, "Wait, maybe people like this universe." Oh wait, no, they don't. Oh wait, maybe they do. You know, it's so random that they didn't, they couldn't really pull the plug on it. Yeah. You know, because let, let's get to Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad came out the same year as yeah, only as a few BBS. months later. Yeah, a few months later, it addresses Superman's death. You know, um, it was you know, it feels like everyone who saw it hates it, and but yet it made a ton of money, way more than anyone thought it was ever going to. So right. you have to think at at that point, and it has a kind of cultural footprint. And I noticed that this year because I. I saw two Harleys in the Suicide Squad one outfit at Halloween this year. I'm like, you know, I see that outfit every year. Like that movie has a cultural footprint, whether I like it or not. Um, and but then that made a lot of money, so they probably were like, oh wait, maybe let's not reboot this. Then Wonder Woman did really well critically and financially. Then Justice League didn't, and that was a whole fiasco of its own. Right, of course. Then Aquaman made a billion dollars and surprising everyone. So it kind of, it must have been kind of frustrating being an executive at Warner Brothers because you don't know what to do because the natural thing after BBS would be like, okay, or Justice League in particular would have been like, all right, let's start this thing over. Let's kill this puppy, you know? Yeah. But you had these random successes that were tied to it and they just couldn't pull the plug entirely. It's, it's, it's a weird story. One day someone's going to write a really good book about what actually went on. I would love to uh, read that or, or, and, and, and have it be from the perspective of like a Hollywood story and not necessarily yes, certain people I mean, wronged or whatever. Obviously that's a part of it, but whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. So, okay. So BVS was not good. And, uh, but yeah, suicide squad and the problem with suicide squad, apparently there is, or, or it doesn't exist necessarily, but there is a, uh, version of the movie that David Ayer, turned in that was a lot yeah. less silly and a lot less jumpy but they were trying because bbs kind of had such bad um reaction or whatever they were worried i think that's that's the, the hallmark of so much about dc the dceu is that after they're so reactionary they're constantly re yes. like they're not they don't have their own 
vision that they trust like okay no. eventually people will catch up to this or whatever um so they were like well, we better hurry up and recut this so it's more it's more fun and poppy like like uh, the guardians of the galaxy which is exactly what they wanted and that that trailer that was set to bohemian rhapsody set a lot of expectations for what that movie was going to be and then they had to quickly turn it over to those trailer editors and and yep. make it that way and it's like you know there's a really interesting video essay by folding ideas from many years ago about the baffling editing choices in suicide squad because it's so strange like yeah i mean it's not a good movie but but the cultural footprint point that you made it's that it's the first live action harley quinn or not first yep. live action first big screen live action harley quinn yeah she was in birds of prey the tv show <laughs> back in the 90s or early 2000s whatever it was um but anyway and that i think if there is one like major success of the dceu it's harley like she had yeah. three movies where she is the star either the main star or the secondary lead i guess and she is incredibly consistent margot robbie is perfect yep. as the character if she wanted to come back and be more harley some more i think they should let her because she's that good as the character um, I don't know if they will or if they're going to wait and, and not even have Harley in it. But yeah, like at a certain point, she's she's kind of the main draw of the DC films at this point because that's yeah. she's the biggest success story. Sure. Although Birds of Prey, even though I liked it a lot, didn't do that well. It didn't. But that was you know? right before the pandemic, too. It was right before the pandemic. I mean, I think that, again, that's another that's another movie that I really liked, but it made a really dumb choice in not having the characters look like the it's like it's harley has a very specific color palette and yeah. look you know what i'm saying and like they were just like we'll just make her generic raver clown girl i'm like yeah. that doesn't say harley to me like why would you do that and it had a very early 2000s vibe of like let's take this comic book property and not make it look like the comics at all yeah, and it was like totally. why would you it, it was and, it, and i like that movie but it was just, it was weird. And they just, again, lots of weird choices that I don't feel would have been made if someone in charge, you know, gave a shit about the comics, you know, and I don't feel anybody there does. And I think the one person who did was Jeff Johns and that didn't work out. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, you can really taste, trace the DCEU problems really back to Green Lantern, which is, I always feel was like that was their first attempt, really. Because mm -hmm. if Green Lantern had worked, that would have been the springboard for right. a bunch of stuff. That was the plan. And then it didn't. And so then Man of Steel was successful enough, you know, that they were like, okay, we can do this. And then because Green Lantern flopped, we didn't have a Green Lantern in Justice League, which is weird to not have a single Green Lantern. That's, you know, DC has, you know, they always say that the Trinity is the big three, but it's kind of a big five. Like the, it, it's the Trinity plus Flash Green Lantern. Those are the longest running DC characters. So to not have a Green Lantern in some capacity was you know, again, reactionary. Oh, people don't like that character. It was in that movie that flopped. I'm like, we'll do another Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. Like recast him or have Jon Stewart or something. But that's an important character. But again, it's the Warner Brothers reactionary nature of what they think, you know, the audience feels. Yeah. They, they, they were constantly taking the wrong lessons from those things. Like, yeah, Green Lantern didn't work, um, which was heartbreaking. I was... You know, oh. I think I've mentioned before, like I was such a big fan of the John's run of the comics, like, me too. and, um, that's, that's the book that got me back into comics, like as a, as an adult, you know, a young adult. Yeah. Um, 
I loved it. And I, there was so much about that movie that I was looking forward to because he had a hand in the script and all this stuff. And like, yeah. I think Berlanti did too, didn't he? Greg Berlanti? Berlanti wrote the original script, which I read a couple years before the movie came out. The original script rocks. It's so really? fun. Mm. Yeah. It's the same basic plot. They changed the names of, of the villain and it's way more Green Lanterns are in it. There's way more space stuff. There's way more. His family's fleshed out. Everything about the final product, it, it just feels like a trimmed down, lamer version. Yeah. It was so disappointing because I had read the script before and I was just like, it, it's sort of there, like underneath all this, but like nothing's given weight. Mm-mm. And yeah, it's, 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 it was pretty good. If, if, I think if we'd had that script made, it would be a different story. I think people would have flocked to it a lot more. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It was just such a, you know, um, parallax was very badly done in that movie yeah. um it just didn't feel like there was like a a, a viable threat because no. it's just like a you know a giant cgi fart cloud with a face yeah, yeah it's um, terrible it's terrible and you know making it and we found this you know we saw this with a lot of the dc no abort the uh the mcu movies where like you need to have some realistic element to the suit otherwise it doesn't quite come together like i know iron man but iron man is easier to do in cgi because it's a box you know what i mean like it's metal like you can make it like the the green lantern suit needs to be much more organic looking and it just looks fake in that movie like it looks fake it looks fake and i remember hearing that it was like a 200 million dollar movie and i'm like where right i'm like this looks like a cw pilot with a little extra money thrown at it I also really disliked that the training sequence on Oa was like 10 minutes long max. Everything like, on it. You're on Oa. I, I think I, one time I watched it and I'm like, how long are we on here? And I like, I, it was, I think they're there for 12 minutes in the, of the entire movie. It's so like, like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do, but for the first movie, the training needs to be a huge part of it. And yes. even that, like that DC animated movie, Green Lantern first flight, which I don't love, but the fact that they focused that, on no. the training day aspect of it, where like yeah. Sinestro kind of he's corrupted by the power that the Green Lantern gives him and stuff. Yeah. I think that's an ex- that's a very viable thing to do. It should have been space cops, but right. it had to be like this fun. I mean, because it's Ryan Reynolds. I think he was miscast. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he could have been a good Hal Jordan, but not in this yeah. movie. You know, yeah, not in that movie. Um, he was destined to be Deadpool. I think that's the main. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the point where he kind of has no uh, uh, persona unto himself that isn't Deadpool, or like yeah. Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds. Anyway, yeah. So that was a bummer. Um, but I think like the the MCU hadn't been proven yet at that point when they were making that because that no. came out in two thousand nine. And so, like, you only had Iron Man to go on and The Dark Knight. And so it's like, these are the two options of superhero movies. Let's try this Green Lantern thing. It's a different type of character. And then the fact that a few years after that, after you had the success of The Dark Knight and the, I mean, success, it was very successful, The Dark Knight Rises. um, Then they were like, okay, let's try a a, a Superman, but that is kind of in that same style. They were really aping... um, the, the Nolan style for the for Man of Steel and then it just yeah. became it's got to be like this dark gritty dark gritty realistic angry and then once when, when you give somebody like Zack Snyder the reins and just go you're a visionary make your movie and then that's that's the problem and then and then be, but then they didn't have the conviction to stay with it like you yeah. know obviously 
Justice League is just a mess. Uh, no. the, the finished product is a mess. The making of the movie is a mess. Like it's it's just a mess. It's Everything. A mess. Um, and that I think is the the main thing that like yes, that's the thing that really killed it. Because if Justice League had somehow clicked, Justice League came out after the success of Wonder Woman. Yep. You know what I mean? Wonder Woman had been this unexpectedly huge success. People thought, okay, maybe DC's on track. And then Justice League was, you know, what it was. And even with her anchoring it months after Wonder Woman came out, and it just didn't click. No. You know, that it just felt like such a, I don't know, it's just a mess. And it's just unfortunate because I, I enjoy a lot of the cast in that movie. But, it, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. And there were so many, like, there were all these announced movies. We we talked about that a little bit in our Flash episode. There were so many announced movies. The Flash was announced way back then as maybe even a lead up to Justice League. Like, he was going to have a movie before Justice League or something like that. I forget. And then there was a Green Lantern movie announced. And uh, and then it was Green Lantern Corps. Then it was back to Green Lantern. And then it was just, like, whatever. Um, And so, and then there were all these different things announced or different characters announced and they just never happened and so it just feels like i I think at a certain point um maybe not after aquaman but after shazam um was a kind of a minor hit but it was still definitely within the dceu there's that superman thing at the end Um, like oh hey this is pretty good and then it was like then we had a whole year almost to be like what's uh what's up with the dceu and then the fact that there was a birds of prey movie announced and even that got messed with birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. It's like, you couldn't decide what this movie was right. like. I like it as you know, it's I like fine. it as a movie, but, a movie, it's, but like, it's like, yeah, the, the title it's like, why wouldn't you call this Harley Quinn and the birds of prey? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, you put her headlining and it's, there just wasn't, it should Nobody have been Gotham City Sirens. <laughs> or Gotham City Sirens or something. Because she's just... at least in that one. <laughs> yeah. Isn't she? Like, she's not a she's not a bird of prey. No, she's not one of the birds of prey. No. Yeah. She's a, um, but they used birds of prey characters. So, yeah. You know, and again, but, not dressed in anything remotely resembling no. their comic book outfits. Huntress is uh, really underserved in that movie, I have to say. Yeah, like, and she's cool and I like her, but she's not, you know, you get a little tease at the end of like, I just, I wanted to see them in something that looked like what I think of when I think the characters. It's like Black Canary has the easiest costume in the world to do. It's black leather. Yep. But no, we'll put her in a yellow tank top. Because <laughs> of canaries. Because of canaries. And I'm like, okay. I don't know. And I, again, like I said, I like that movie, but like they, there's just so many decisions that you can tell nobody in charge cares mm-hmm. or just knows. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Say what you want about Kevin Feige. He's a Marvel fan. He's a Marvel comics fan. And he's read those comics and he knows the stories that he's, they're pulling from. And it seems that they couldn't find anybody who was a good executive producer and a fan. You know, they were either one or the other. Obviously Jeff Johns is a huge fan of this material. But I don't think he had the experience of, you know, running a studio, you know, like he didn't have the, he didn't come from that, you know, they didn't have someone who's both things. And I guess that's probably, I guess, really yeah. hard to find. I mean, you know, hopefully James Gunn is that, but. Well, but even then, like James Gunn's the creative side of the, not to say that Peter right. Safran's not creative, but it's like, you need two people to basically do the same work right. as and, of, a, of, a, yeah. of a Kevin Feige. Now, granted, Kevin Feige doesn't or at least doesn't take script credit on anything and he doesn't direct no. anything, but he's everyone knows him as the architect of this universe and stuff. Yeah. 
but you do need somebody who is good at producing movies who yep. also cares about the, the 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 things and so i think that like it's definitely the the uh, the chances are there for it to be good but um yeah. we'll, I mean, we'll get to that in a sec but we'll go I ahead mean, there's please. good things that have come out of it like i really do love the first wonder woman movie yeah like, that's my favorite superhero and for years i you know i saw an ant-man movie before wonder woman wonder woman right. is one of the most famous right. superheroes in the world and all of these c-listers were getting movies and like i would keep reading these articles like she's a tough nut to crack i'm like not really like i mean kind of I, I mean i understand what you're saying but like plenty of people have done it for 80 years in the comics someone can make a movie and that was just you know a way of saying we don't know how to sell a female superhero and patty jenkins did it's like really that movie just really holds up and i was like oh my god like they they did it and and the audience responded you know yeah. in a really positive way and it was it worked and it made me think oh maybe there's someone there at the helm who knows what the, but it was it, i guess it was a fluke i think everything that's worked has been sort of a fluke yeah well there, there's been no planning for like yeah. no expectation i guess because they were like oh we got to do a wonder woman movie hopefully it'll do okay and then it like does great because they they let patty kind of just do whatever she wanted i guess or but then but, on the the flip side of that is once they get like it's kudos to them for like retaining their directors like they retained patty jenkins for wonder woman 2 they retain james wan for aquaman 2 and we haven't seen aquaman 2 obviously but i think sometimes it's like when they have this big success then they just kind of let them do whatever they want for the sequel and certainly in wonder woman that didn't work out no you know and which i don't hate it but it's not anywhere near as good as like the first one and no and from all indications aquaman is similar because there's no again it's just like oh that movie did really well well let's we'll let's just let the, the director do whatever they want we'll give them all the money to come back because they know what they're doing because look how well the first one turned out but it's like yeah but you still need somebody guiding this ship yeah it's like do you want it to be an auteurist movie or do you want it to be a cinematic universe because right very well, the, rarely can that actually coincide and that i mean they gave it to james gunn and that's that's the perfect person for that because he's done that three times in the marvel cinematic universe and once in the DCEU along yep. with the TV show. Like, um, yep. I loved the suicide suicide squad. I love it, loved it and love it. I continue to love it. It's my favorite yep. in the DCEU because it's a, because it's not really beholden to a lot of stuff. Like it's just sort of, we're going to do whatever we want kind of thing. It's, you can tell that it's a James Gunn movie, but it's not trying to be guardians, but with, but with different characters, like it's got a harder yep. edge. It's well, it's harder edge in terms of violence and swearing, but it's got a heart the same way that all of his all of his movies do. Well, that's the key to how what it makes this stuff work. Yeah, I they mean, have that's heart. Yeah, and they have, but they're they, it's it's that weird mix of like yes, it's edgy and raunchy sometimes, but it has an a, an emotional truth to it that people respond to. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. And everything that he does has that just about. You know, mm -hmm. Peacemaker has it. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. And it's crass. And it's all of those things. But you care about those characters because, you know, he, he he's earnest about the characters, even if their actions are not always, you know, earnest. You know? And he yeah. just knows how to do that. I, 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 I don't think they could almost... They couldn't have a better person in charge, I don't think. And I'm not worried at all that Superman's going to be, like, you know, Suicide Squad or Guardians. I know that. I mean, it'll have his touch to it, but Superman himself is not going to be Star Lord. No, he knows. No, no, no. He, know, he knows better. 
you know, no. because he's a fan. Again, we have no. no he is a he he loves DC Comics. I mean, anyone who follows him on social media, like this guy knows his DC, and he knows which ones are the good ones. You mm-hmm. know, you know. I, yeah. What was that? Like he listed the comics that they were using as um, inspiration, and those comics sold crazy this year because yeah. he was like people trust his judgment and also they wanted to see like these are the ones you're pulling from and like you and i have talked about like uh, it's it's cool that they're using somebody other than alan moore and or frank miller as oh, as thank god i was getting yeah. so tired of it like i'm so tired of that and say it's... what you will about grant morrison grant morrison is a bit of a an iconoclast in a lot of ways but like their stuff is at least different do you know what i mean like yes um and all but still holds true to the the core of the characters in a well, lot of ways grant morrison I, I'm not throwing shade on Alan Moore or Frank Miller who, you know, at their peak created some of the best superhero material yeah, ever absolutely. produced, but they, there's a sort of disdain for superheroes specifically from Alan Moore Yeah, in that Grant Morrison doesn't have Grant Morrison loves superheroes for yeah. real. Like, and there's, that's what needs to come through, especially with Superman. Yeah. You know, Superman like, is, yeah. It, it's really important that, he, that he be this beacon of light kind of character especially as we're currently inundated with all these Superman archetypes in pop culture who are all evil, Mm -hmm. you know, between Omni-Man on Invincible and Homelander, you know, and soon Sentry in Thunderbolts, apparently. Right. Like you're getting all these Superman archetypes that turn out to be evil or crazy or too dangerous. And I'm like, we need the idea in the world that there's someone who has this much power who just does the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Right. Like that doesn't need to be forced by tragedy to save people from a burning building or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm the only one who can do this. So I do it, you know? And I think we need that right now badly, you know, 100%. And and they're very, they're very smart um, to, to, I guess, once again, launch the cinematic universe with, Superman because yeah, it starts there. It starts there. And if you get Superman right, you know, it's it's trickle down economics, but for superheroes. Like if Superman mm-hmm. is good, then you can go out from there and be like, oh, well, they're ba- okay, how's Batman gonna be? And I, I like the the what it seems like it's gonna be, which is that a lot of these heroes already exist, like are already part yes. of it. Like, Guy Gardner is already a Green Lantern. Um, I forget who the who was the other one that they announced. There's Metamorpho. There's Mister Terrific, right. and That's there's right. Hot Girl. So I I I mean, it seems like there's a Justice League in place. Like mm-hmm. I think it would be cool. I mean, I we I don't know, but like if Superman just arrived in a world where there's been a legacy of superheroes yeah. already, I, I think that's fine. Or even a Justice League that exists. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would be really fun to just because, again, everyone knows if it's not from the previous DCEU, it's from the animation. People know the, the, what the Justice League is. It doesn't necessarily need an origin story. No. And, and it, yeah, you can do that. And uh, yeah, I hope that they do. That. I hope that they take that. He takes that approach. Um, I mean, that slate that he's got is very interesting. But, you know, so much is in flux with movies right now, period. Right. That it's going to be interesting to see how everybody responds in 2025 when this finally yeah. comes out. Well, let's fi- let's finish up the DCEU real fast. So Aquaman right. is the is the movie that made so much money. It is the highest grossing yeah, DC dollars. movie 
a billion dollars, the highest grossing. Um, this is a an up uh, an unfortunate statistic, which is that um, of the fourteen films in the DCEU, eight of them failed to recoup their budget uh, to break even. Uh, eight out of fourteen. That's quite bad. Um, yeah. Aquaman earned one point one five billion worldwide and became the highest grossing DC Comics based film, even more than The Dark Knight, which set records left and right at that point obviously inflation all that stuff but um and i don't know why aquaman did so well because <laughs> it's fun like that first aquaman movie is fun and goofy it's and very goofy that's true it's very goofy and a kid would like it and that's something that dc and warner brothers forgot that like you know these movies need to be fun for kids i mean batman's kind of the one major dc character that you can do a christopher nolan you know, yeah. joyless take on Batman's the one DC major character that really works for that. It doesn't work for the rest of those characters. You know, like it kind of doesn't. And no. Aquaman comes out and it's like, whoa, it's underwater and there's giant crab fight. Like a, 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 any eight-year-old would be all over that. And they were. They wanted right. to see that. It'll be interesting. I, I'm very fascinated by, you know, because right now as we're recording this, the tracking is not good for this movie. No it's which is just so crazy that again it's it's the wonder woman syndrome of like you had these two movies that made like almost one made a billion wonder woman almost made a billion like it was very close made yeah. like 900 million and you couldn't capitalize like i don't you couldn't capitalize on that it's so weird that right now you know i don't know if it's the amount of time i mean aquaman was released pre-pandemic the first one right I mean, I, and i think that, that that's factors a lot into you know the pandemic changed the way we we view movies period and I think that there was a little bit of a, I think once, you know, after the year of the of theaters being closed and it, we're going into 2021, there was a sudden burst of like, no, we were just so happy to go back to theaters that a, a few movies did really, really well. Mm -hmm. But I think people just sort of settled into like, well, this will be on streaming in three months. And it's just completely changed how we consume movies. And so movies that like Aquaman 2 that would have once been a sure thing, whether it was good or not, did not, would not have mattered. You know right. what I mean? Like it would have made a ton of money opening weekend just because it's the sequel to a massively successful film. Yeah. That's not a promise anymore. And like yeah. it, it was plagued by, cause it was supposed to come out before the flash. Like it was, it was, yeah. I won't say fast track, but it was like, Hey, let's actually capitalize on this, on this movie. And they, they had to reshoot so much. Um, it, everything got changed. Obviously there's real world elements and, and, uh, changing the focus of certain characters and things like that. Um, and like James Wan even said, I went to a trailer, uh, unveiling, um, event a couple months ago when I, right around the time I was like, are they, is this movie actually coming out? Cause I've seen no press, you know, like no trailers for it yeah. at all. James Wan was the one person that they could actually have because he was the director and not the writer or the, uh any of the actors um but he even he was like i've this is i've said what i need to say about aquaman obviously there's gonna be more aquaman movies but you know regardless of how this one does i'm i'm i think i'm finished making aquaman movies or he didn't say quite that but he was basically saying i was done and at that point i was like oh it's he this is they're just not gonna do anymore movies. <laughs> certainly no. not with jason momoa and then momoa came out a, a few weeks ago at this point it was we're recording this and was like this is the end of the dceu and it's like it should have been before like there were so many like we talked about when we did our flash episode the flash could have been a very easy all right here is the reboot point um 
where you don't have to, you don't have to like mess. You don't have to necessarily go, okay, here's the new beginning. It's, it's literally just, uh, I have flash pointed the universe and now it's different or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, they obviously can't do that now because other movies came out afterwards and, and everything like that. And also that movie sucked and or in terms of box office, it didn't do well. Yeah. Um, uh, but the one that they're, so they're keeping all peacemaker stuff and they're keeping yeah. blue beetle, which I'm actually happy about. I like, there was Me nothing too. in the blue beetle movie that negated. No, needed to be apparently has DCU. done extremely well on, on max. Like everyone's like, Oh, yeah. it's, it's, and I'm like, yeah, a lot of people probably just waited for, you know, I think it would be fun if Blue Beetle was a series on Matt. Like if they just, you know, yeah, turn that into a show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd watch that every week. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you know we already know there's going to be a Booster Gold show. Um, and so I think having, you know, all that setup that happens in the Blue Beetle movie about Ted Cord and all that stuff, I think that's really smart. Um, uh, the one thing, the one of the movies that we haven't mentioned yet is Black Adam and Black Adam oh is God. a really interesting moment in time because that was, you get yeah. the hugest movie star in the world or one of them and basically go, we want to, you know, make this cinematic universe about you. And uh, not only is that a wild thing to do, fifth, you know, 10 movies into a series, but then to go. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> like right at the end, like they gave him so much control. They reshot so much. The very fact that there's a Shazam movie without Black oh Adam in it God. is because of The Rock. Yes, um, I mean he really. I mean, I he seems like everyone I know who's interviewed him says he's the nicest guy. Sure, but like, but he knows he's just, The Rock. That's the thing. Like he's a movie yeah, star. Yeah, I mean that really. He sort of did kill two franchises because the obvious setup for Shazam two is Shazam versus Black Adam. They bring up Black Adam in Shazam. Like, he's, he's mm-hmm. you know, and then they don't do it. And then there's the weirdness of, like, there's a scene in Black Adam when he goes into the kid's room, and the kid worships superheroes. He has pictures of Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman all over his walls. I'm like, you don't have Shazam. Like, that's the moment where you see him, even if Shazam's not in the movie, recognize that there's another champion of Shazam out there in this modern time. He almost, he went out of his way to make sure they don't mention Shazam. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It, it's weird. And it's like a sh- if Shazam if Black Adam had appeared in Shazam 2 and Shazam it would a Shazam 2 would have done a lot better because it's like, oh, the rocks in Shazam 2, it would have done way better. And then if people liked him, then you spin off that movie. But he just was like, no, Black Adam is this solo hero, which he isn't ever and has never been. You know, no. and I, I laugh, like there's like some interview with him where he's just like I've loved Black Adam since, you know, since I was a kid. And then I'm like, okay, dude, I know how old you are. You're around my age. And when you were a kid, Black Adam showed up like twice in like yeah. some, he wasn't a character that had any free, who had any character. Like he was just a, a standard, I'm the evil Shazam character right. villain. He didn't until the 2000s when you were, when that, when The Rock was not a kid. So no, that's just he was already shit. a movie star. <laughs> he was a movie star. It's like, or at least a, a wrestling star. Yeah, it's like, dude, like that's not a, a he's not a solo character. Some characters nope. are not meant for that. And but he just thought, well, I'm the rock. And, and sometimes I just feel like the rock looked at a bunch of DC characters and was like, Oh, that guy kind of looks like me. Like, and and I can make him cool, you know? And it that did not work. And then no. that weird Superman thing at the end, which like, oh my god, say what you want about Henry Cavill. It's like, I didn't want that to be the last time we see him. Like it's just this lame 
cameo in this movie and just that movie just did not work at all like and i go easy on these movies because i'm such a dc fan yeah i'll find things to like i'm the guy that'll find something to like about wonder woman 84 or you know whatever but like black adam just is bad it, yeah like, i it like sucks. and just a bad use of the jsa characters not that oh my i God, like, care yeah. about them that much but I'm, i like dr fate i'm a huge doctor yeah fate fan. he was cool in that movie <clears throat> he was the best part in my opinion but but again it's it shows that that universe makes no sense because it's like that universe they've made it a point to be like oh superman is the first superhero with superpowers and then it's like oh but no there's been a justice society since the 40s and i'm like they're okay how come Superman? No one's ever heard of them until now. Like it's so weird. Like, yeah, it's just it just shows how completely disjointed that whole that whole universe is. That was well, and then and I didn't like Shazam two very much. I I, I thought I thought it was all right, but like I thought yeah, it kind I of squandered the fun of the first one by, a little bit by trying to make it too. I don't know what. I also like uh, Zachary Levi's whole shtick really wore thin in that one for me for some reason. Yeah, like, I can see that. And also the kid who played the kid, you know, Billy Batson, oh, doesn't need to turn into Shazam, you know, to turn into Zachary Levi at that point. Like he he looked kind of like a superhero anyway. Anyway, the po- yeah. the whole point is the end of that movie that, you know, the post credit scene is Team Peacemaker recruiting him to the JSA. And that only existed because The Rock said he didn't want to be in Shazam 2. Yeah. That should have been sh- the Black Adam. Yes confronting shazam in some fashion or something or other black adam but, is yeah. only a shazam villain that's his role that's in his thing, comics yeah. and to to not exploit that or even mention that there's a it, it's so weird and again it's warner brothers like just okay do whatever you want you're a big star you know dwayne johnson will let you it's like that's not something i, I imagine kevin feige would have ever allowed no. like some star to come in and be like oh yeah we're not going to mention this it's like i, I don't care like yeah. this is the universe this is how this works and if not we'll not do this project right you know but they're very but warner brothers has always been a more auteur driven star driven studio like that's you know they've never been as ip driven as a disney mm-hmm. you know or and sometimes that works but not with this kind of movie no you know like not yeah but yeah black adam was really the final nail in the coffin even before the flash you know yeah like once once that movie came out i was like okay this universe and then that's and then right after that they you know because we i think i'd already heard that um gun and saffron were taking over but um there was still kind of a question about like how much is going to get rebooted like what what are they actually going to do and i think there was a lot of like we need to see how black adam does that's like barometer one we don't necessarily expect Shazam two to do all that well, but we'll see how that does. And we'll see how the flash does. And all three of those tanked. And, um, I think at that point they were just like, okay, this is the end. And, um, it doesn't matter how well Aquaman two does. Um, it's, and it, I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be anywhere close to. No. I mean, also there's, there's a thing kind of going on now to, in that i don't i don't think it's great to release tracking information to the public for Uh, any movie because what happens is that you create the perception that something is a bomb before it ever has a chance it happened with the marvels which i liked you know what i mean but like if it's like a month in advance or like the tracking is bad people aren't going to go see this it just puts that you know people's a movie's a bomb before it even comes out right you know you know And and i and i think that's happening with aquaman whether it's good or not I think that's a movie that would have had a, a pretty okay opening weekend if yeah. it wasn't for the fact that people already 
it has a perception and everyone knows it's it's not going to go anywhere you know right. that this is the end and people you know they're not that excited for yeah. it. even though people they like jason momoa end. they do like jason momoa they know it's the end and wasn't designed to be that's the big thing like yes um it's just stopping and so that, it's that just is stopping some, and yeah that should have been the end but it just didn't you know yeah it should have been that should have been that should have been moment, it but you know I mean, they couldn't even make the flash. I mean, obviously, the flash had other, you know, problems, you know, in terms of marketing because of the star. But like, that's a movie. Like to this day, I'm like, I really thought the Michael Keaton factor, at least, would have yeah. put it at Ant Man numbers. At least, you know what I'm saying? That it tanked so badly. I mean, part of it too is once Peter or James Gunn had announced that, that there's a new DCU coming, it just completely made I, these. The remaining DCEU the remaining DCEU movies feel totally irrelevant. Yeah, you know, to a lot of people, you know, like it's like, why do I care now? Like this is all getting rebooted. Yeah, the people who do care, which are people like you and I. Yeah. Um, uh, you and me. That's actually grammatically correct. Um, we just go. Eh, I mean, we see it for work, and we maybe would have seen it anyway. But like, I would have seen it anyway. Um. We just go, okay, well, this doesn't, whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, yeah. and they've already said like the movie that I think is the, the best DC movie since, you know, forever, the Batman, they're already like, well, that's an Elseworlds thing. And so yeah. we'll, we'll at least wake, make one more of those. Cause it's already way into production. It's like, yeah. okay. Uh, that's all I really care. I mean, obviously I'm excited to see what the new version of Batman is like and, and having Damien on the screen will be interesting. Although we did talk about, didn't we talk about maybe not on mic, but you're having Damien on the screen before you have Tim Drake. Like what's going on here, man. I mean, again, I think this lends to the idea that this is a DC universe. James Gunn's DC universe is going to be one with history. Yeah. Superman might be new, but I think Batman will have been around for a minute. I mean, maybe not as much as Ben Affleck's was who I think had, they said he'd been Batman for 20 years. <laughs> I don't think he'll be that old, but I think that he will have been around long enough to have had at least 10 years Sure. to have had, you know, cause I think Nightwing, I think they pretty much announced that Nightwing is in, the Batman, you know, the, the, oh, new, the brave and the bold, the brave and the bold, the Nightwing. Will, so that means that like, if he's a 19, 20 year old Nightwing, perhaps right. he's been, Batman's been Batman for a while, which I like. It's like, he's had psych, like it leaves room for, you know, oh, I've had these different partners over the years. And um, I'm cool with that. If they can pull that off. Yeah. And um, I don't think they're rushing that one. Cause I know that they, because of the Batman too, they're like, we don't need to have, you know, both of these coming out right now no. um, at the same time. I'm very no. curious to what they're going to do, like how they're going to handle Wonder Woman. Like, what's that about? Like, that's been a whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, is Gal Gadot in? Oh, is she not? Is she, you know, I don't think she's going to be. I don't think I, so. I think that like you, I think some minor people can come back, but you, if you recast Superman and Batman, you kind of have to recast Wonder Woman. Yeah, you can't have the this this in, like holdover of the the tr the Trinity needs to be the the Trinity like all together. Like, um, yeah, and yeah, you can have Amanda Waller because honestly, I don't know who else you'd get to play Amanda Waller. I think I think Viola Davis is yeah, excellent. that's fine. Yeah, um, and again, I think it's okay with secondary characters, but the yeah. Trinity. If you if you recast Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman has to also be to me. Yeah. You know, and that's not saying I don't hate Yagadot or anything like that. It's just, no, that's just what makes sense. I have a feeling that the Paradise Lost show that he announced will 
just because James Gunn has been like teasing comics that he's that are his inspiration, mm-hmm. and one of them is Wonder Woman Historia, which is a pretty recent comic that it's about the Amazons and their history and everything, and it ends with the birth of Diane. Totally. I'm like, oh, that's what you're gonna do. You're telling us what you're gonna do. That show's gonna end with Diana being born, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so I see, you know, I kind of see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope it works. And I think there'll be more shows than movies, frankly. Like, I think that they know that the movie landscape's changing, clearly. Like, you know, if things are not events, mm-hmm. cultural events like a Barbenheimer or a Gen Z event like Five Nights at Freddy's, you know what I mean? Like something right. that like people are going to wait to see it at home. So some of these projects, I think, are going to become just streaming shows. Unfortunately, they're on a platform that doesn't have an identity, but you know, which is Max. Yeah. You know, that's, it's different that's for yeah. God, HBO Max was so good for a while. That hot it was so good, was so it, good. It's yeah, that's a whole other podcast of yeah. what they're what's going on with their their. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't know that Warner Brothers is good. By the time these DC movies come out, I have my doubts that Warner Brothers, as we know it, is going to exist. Mm. Like, I, I something in my gut tells me all these rumors about which I don't want this, by the way, I'm not saying this as someone who wants it, that Universal and Warner Brothers are going to merge because there's just Warner Brothers is just failing in so many ways and selling off their yeah. product and, and others. It's just weird that Warner, that Max is not the home of every DC, you know, property. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, it doesn't yeah. like that. say what you want about Disney plus. It's like, you know, that every Disney thing is on there. Every major Disney brand is on. And that's the only place you can get it. And, you know, Warner Brothers has an incredible amount of IP of their own that they're just, you know, pawning off, you know, yeah. the point of the pawn shop and like, here you go. Like, uh, okay. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to these, D- all of this DC stuff, given the behind the scenes stuff at Warner Brothers. It's, 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 it's a crazy time. You it, know? It, absolutely. And it's just, it's one of those things like w- w- when Marvel uh, when Disney bought Marvel, I was like, oh my gosh, that is a, that is a huge thing. Even though the entirety of my life, DC has been owned by Warner Brothers. <laughs> like it's not actually that, or at least worked closely with Warner Brothers. It has been very heavily Both? tied. Yeah. Or oh, are both of our lives. Like I think that yeah. Warner Brothers bought DC like in the seventies. Right. So they've for a very, very long time and they never really capitalized on it. You know? <laughs> It was only uh, ever Batman, it's Superman in the seventies, and then Batman in the late eighties. Like that was yeah. basically it. They just didn't really view it as something that they could exploit. You know, I mean, I've heard all kinds of story. Like Michael Uslan is, I think, his name. He's the guy producer yeah. of all these Batman movies, and he's. I remember him stories like after Superman was this massive hit that he got the rights to Batman, and that he would go to the different studios because Warner Brothers wasn't interested. Right, and they would say, "Oh, yeah, but we don't want to do it because, like, I think one of the things he said was like Annie Bomb, the movie Annie, as if that has anything to do with, like, Batman's a cultural icon, but they just didn't, the people who owned him didn't see the value in it. Mm-mm. You know, it's just it's it's it was different. And say what you want about Disney, like they they knew the value of Marvel. Well, know? at that point when they bought it, Marvel was already like an yeah. established the mcu was already an established like the, well the, the marvel maker. brand i mean you'd have a bunch of successful x-men and spider-man movies right. even the first fantastic yes. four was su- right. successful um 
and Iron Man had just come out. So like they knew that like, oh, we've now had a decade pretty much of very successful Marvel films. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is a brand that people know. Um but yeah, yeah it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how all of this shakes out. Like I really want this to work because I like James Gunn and I I think that his vision is probably going to be better. You know? It's at least going to be consistent. I think that's going to be the consistent. Main thing. And that's what's really going to be. That's the main issue with the DCEU. You look at those movies, the ones that work are even inconsistent from each other. Like, yeah, like Wonder Woman and Aquaman and the <sighs> Suicide Squad, I think, are the top three probably yes. best. Um, and none of them are the same. Like, none there's no the nothing. They don't even feel like they're in the same universe. And and that's, I think, the problem is that. Yeah. We know that they are because of previous things, but they never feel like they are. Um, no. And, you know, on the one hand, it's like, well, that's cool because you can just watch it in isolation. And there's there's yeah. something to that. I have I, I don't tend to watch rewatch a lot of MCU movies anymore because it just feels like I'm watching like episode seven of a 40 it, episode series. You know what I mean? T- like, it, there's a television. There's a big budget TV aspect to the MCU. Yeah, they don't feel I mean, and that's, you know, to say something negative about them, that, like, that's probably the most negative thing I can say is that they look the same. They feel the same. It feel, And I think that that sort of work, it's a very Marvel thing in general, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I've always gravitated a little bit more to DC Comics than Marvel Comics slightly because the Marvel Universe was created by, you know, basically the same two, three guys. Mm-hmm. And so everything in Marvel sort of feels like it's painted by the same brush. It's, everything's totally consistent with each other. DC in, in the comics has always been, you know, wildly different from each other. Like you go in the 80s or 90s, it's like Alan Moore Swamp Thing is in the same universe as, say, Teen Titans. They don't feel the same, but they are, right. you know, and that's a very DC thing. And but it just didn't really translate to the screen, you know what I mean, into the screen in that way. No. Um, but that's consistent that in a weird way, that's consistent with the DC ethos. You know what I mean? Of like, yeah, every, every comic is its own thing and they kind of live in the same universe, but it doesn't really matter. We don't care. You know, yeah. there wasn't as many instances. It's like, it was a very Marvel thing in the comics to do, to say, have an issue of daredevil and then Spider-Man somewhere in the background. And there'd be a little caption. Like, if you want to know what Spider-Man's up to, read this month's right. amazing Spider-Man. That's not something DC would really would do. If no. it wasn't for the Justice League comics, you wouldn't even know sometimes these characters know each other. You yeah. know? I think um, transitions nicely into going through the DCU announced slate because they are so kind of different from each other. So that oh, yeah. the, the films, you got Superman Legacy, which is already in production, and it's it's got a release date of July 11th, 2025. So we still have a ways to go. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, written and directed by James Gunn, direct, uh, produced by Peter Safran. We know a lot of the uh, actors... Uh, have been announced and everything like that. It, it's 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 going. It's on the way. Um, the next movie that they announced was The Authority, which I think is a really interesting choice because uh, it's not somebody that is super well known. It's somebody that is kind of more, or it's a, a group that is kind of, um, you know, obviously important to Gun, but like having that follow Superman because there was a whole Grant Morrison series called Superman and the Authority. Yeah. Um, and having, I think we we said like one of the characters that they announced, the engineer, right, is in, is mm-hmm. an authority character. Um, I think that's kind of cool because the authority is basically like not the Suicide Squad, kind of more like the boys of yes of the DC universe. And I think that's that's a cool thing to to establish right that quickly. Yeah, they're not the seven from the boys. 
right because they're not they actually have good intentions Mm -hmm. they're just kind of fascistic about it right you know what i mean like they're not homelander but no 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 but um but yeah that's an interesting take that we haven't seen yeah i i was sort of shocked when that was like oh okay the authority like that's left field but i think that has the big chance for success because it'll be so different from anything we've seen it'll be so different Mm -hmm. from avengers you know or justice league or any of that kind of stuff so um yeah that's a fascinating one yeah that one i was like oh wow that's that's cool and so then we have the brave and the bold and the image that was used was the um was actually dick grayson as batman i don't know if that's going to continue or if it was just like hey this is a this is a good image to illustrate damian wayne being kind of raised by assassins kind of thing i you know i've been reading the grant morrison run of uh batman um so good and it's great that's batman r.i.p is excellent if they if they decided to do batman r.i.p because that was not exactly that's not when damien was introduced but that was like right after he was introduced um yeah. but i don't know if you could do that because that's that's a really like dark story to it's have a really it. dark story um, um but it's really good yeah i think that's great i mean it's you know we've never seen batman as a father literal father right in any live action incarnation of batman so when well, there's the whole not? thing in in those comics where like obviously dick grayson kind of goes like all right bud you know like he's old enough to go sure you may as well have a kid somewhere you know all that stuff and and when he takes over as batman and kind of he has he has to earn damien's respect in a way that no previous robin ever really had to or or no previous batman ever really previous batman no (laughs) no robin needed bruce wayne to earn their respect i guess if that makes sense exactly Um, but in those comics tim drake is there and is like and Damien really dislikes Tim Drake uh, and yeah. vice versa. And so that's when that was during the period of time when Tim became red Robin, which I don't think was overly successful, but no, um, but I think Tim is a really good character. And I, I love really Tim good. too. He, he has a little bit of Jan Brady syndrome, but I like, yeah, you know, he's <laughs> not true. really the middle. I mean, that's technically, I mean, Jason's his own weird thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I super excited about that because I just love the Morrison run. The fact that James Gunn loves so much Morrison stuff is, gives me hope. Absolutely. Because you know? well, even they're going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, even <laughs> though... They're going to um, get weird stuff. Batman, or Superman Legacy is not based on All-Star Superman. He did... Uh, James Gunn did call out All-Star Superman as like uh, a tonal influence on on his Superman. And that, that book is all about Superman being hope for the hopeful or the hopeless and and like doing what needs to be done even if it costs him his own life like it's it's yeah it's great i i, I love that book a lot so it's it's kind of among if not the best superman story right yeah like it's the best superman maybe single superman story so um yeah but on that speaking of single super stories we also have supergirl woman of tomorrow and that is such a good comic book i know that um, gosh, I, that was one I hadn't read. It'd been on my list to read. And then I read it once it was announced and I was just like, oh my God, this is such a fun, like space adventure, but with Supergirl where she's just like trying to go somewhere where she can get drunk on her 21st birthday. But yeah, <laughs> <something> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's so funny because she yeah. can't get drunk on earth no. because she's super. Yeah. Um, and then having this whole thing where this girl is following her around. And it's, crypto, such, it's a really good comic and crypto's there too yeah crypto's there too i just that's a great comic to adapt i think they're gonna have to change certain things because you're introducing the character 
as well. So she's going to kind of need a kind of a little bit more of a buildup. She might be you in know, Super. They haven't cast her, so might. I don't know. That's true. Like I, it, it, I don't necessarily know. think you do need to do that because the entire thing can be told from this little girl's point of view. Um, and is in yeah, the comic yes. is and and Supergirl just sort of exists and she's way she's so far away from Earth it may as well be a, I mean literally a different planet but like a different you yeah. know she's in a different part of the galaxy and it's just yeah. kind of a road story of these two characters trying to get to to get back to her ship essentially but also to kind of do you want revenge for the death of your parents and all this stuff like it's it's a really cool story I would highly recommend people reading that one oh yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, in the films, uh, James Mangold writing and directing a Swamp Thing gothic horror movie based on or using Saga of the Swamp Thing as as the influence. I think you cannot go better than that. Like that was the no. one. I, I, that was my punch the air moment when he announced that. I was just like, I cannot wait for a Swamp Thing movie. Yeah. And I think that one will probably be the most unconnected to everything. Sure. Just because Swamp Thing's always been kind of in its own little corner, mm-hmm. you know. So I, if that one doesn't really, it has a really different tone and a really different everything. I'm not going to be bothered by that. No, like Superman doesn't need to show up. Like, you know, they can, that's one of those ones where they can just like, be like, yeah, they're superheroes. You can have a casual mention and that's fine. Um, but you can do stuff like have Etrigan the demon be in it or have, you know, that, yes. that, that show that didn't last very long, got basically canceled before it was even premiered. Yeah. Um, the, the last DC universe, uh, streaming service show basically um but that had a bunch of weird like dc side characters uh, it had the phantom stranger in it played by macon blair like like that was such a cool and weird idea um and it had the blue demon and stuff like that it's 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 not a, a perfect show but i did like it and so then he also announced a bunch of tv shows that are going to run concurrently that's going to be his big thing is that the tv shows and the movies will all be in the same universe whether they connect directly or not i think that's so the first one is the first one's actually going to come out next year. Um, Creature Commandos, which is an animated yeah. series. That was an interesting one to, to announce because that is a strange comic book. It's, I mean, those are real C-list characters. Yeah. They're basically, for anybody who doesn't know the, the Creature Commandos, it's like, what if the Universal Monsters were legally different from the Universal Monsters? Yeah. But fought in World War II. That was their initial <laughs> creation. Yeah. Um, it's a great gimmick for a comic oh yeah that no one ever read <laughs> i bought the it's first volume Virginia. of it after that and it's like it's dumb like it's a dumb comic book like it's only there for the visuals basically right um there's a werewolf and and a dracula and a frankenstein's monster um and then i think when they showed the image of the cartoon like weasel's gonna be in it of course because you gotta have james gunn's brother somewhere yeah um and then I think there was a couple other characters, but it's like, oh, that's kind of, and there was an up, there is an updated version of Creature Commandos, um, which I think this is pulling more from than the, the original, I think that was a J.M. DeMatteis um, book, was it? Yeah. Um, he wrote a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> he wrote a lot of weird stuff, a lot of and great a lot stuff. of great Spider-Man, but also a lot of weird A lot stuff. of great Justice League. There's, there's a period in the 80s and 90s when you could see his byline on almost anything. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a Amanda Waller series, which I think is basically just going to be a follow up to the Peacemaker series, which I think he has all but said is canon still, because um, it doesn't need to not be, you know, like yeah, obviously there, yeah. Team Peacemaker shows up in Black Adam and Shazam too, but they don't need to have 
and it's it's not a huge deal. The one that I'm the most excited about of this lot of TV shows, of course, is the Lanterns TV show, which is going to be oh, Space yeah. Cops, which is exactly what we wanted. And I think he said it's going to be John Stewart and uh, Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan, yeah. And yeah, it's going to be the two most famous Lanterns together. It's going to be mostly Earthbound. They said. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I prefer Space Lanterns, but I understand. I understand the thinking, you yeah. know, of of doing something more grounded, and you know, and people forget for many many years, Green Lantern comics were mostly set on Earth or in orbit of Earth. They were not always, yeah, epic space opera. Yeah, basically, um, he was fighting alien invasions or or mad yes. scientists or something like that. Yeah, um, I'm very interested in that. I've heard that it might be based on a little bit on New Frontier. Um. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. New Frontier yeah, I, is in my top five comics of all time. I love New Frontier really so great. much. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited because again, it's the redemption of Green Lantern, which is a massive DC property that's been shelved for yeah well over a decade now, and you need to have it in the you know it's one of those characters that needs to be there. Um, yeah, and to your point, like the Green Lantern is one of the. I mean, people often forget. I don't know if this is true. It, it could be argued that people forget that the flash, the first flash and the first green lantern predate wonder woman. So like in theory, obviously they, they have been relegated wow. to a, a different, you know, earth for the most part, Alan Scott and um, uh, Jake Eric, but yeah. um, they do predate, you know, only about six, eight months, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder they woman. came out a good, almost a year before. Yeah, and they were among the few DC characters. I mean, that had their own comic books. But most of the the, the golden age DC heroes were anthology characters. They they starred in like books that featured a bunch of different characters in them. And Flash and Green Lantern were the only ones that were popular enough in the Superman Batman mold to get their own comic books for a long time. And then Wonder Woman, you know. So that's when people say, "Oh, it's the big three. I always say it's the big five. Those are the ones that have mm-hmm. really been around you know aquaman sort of that was an accident you know like aquaman and green arrow came out in the same issue of the same compilation they did a little bit of comics history trivia for you they sort of survived the purge because what happened in you know as you know in the golden age after world war ii the superhero comics dipped in popularity in a huge way and most superhero comics were canceled at dc except for superman batman wonder woman they survived but like Green Arrow and Aquaman were not even popular enough to be part of the Justice Society, but they were the backup features in books that had Superman in it. Mm-hmm. And so they sort of survived the purge by being like, oh, we, we clung on to Superman who who is still around. And then by the time Justice League happens in the early 60s, they needed superheroes. And I was like, well, who's who do we have? And it's like, well, Green Arrow and Aquaman are around. They're in the, the their backups for in adventure comics. Let's use them. And they got this huge boost out of it. But really, in the 40s, they were kind of nobodies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird thing how that those characters sort of survived. You know, whereas yeah. Flash and Green Lantern had to go away for many years and then get reinvented as totally new characters. Yeah. Sci-fi yeah. versions of the characters instead of magic Sci-fi versions. versions of the characters instead of magic versions of the characters, basically. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. what I think is really interesting, too, is, is like, if you go back and read golden age batman that is a complete story arc that ends with the i think the death of batman or something like that like that version of batman is not 
the continuing version of Batman. A lot of people just go, oh, all the stuff is in the Golden Age continuous. It's it, again, that's another like they kept the character, but it's it's Silver Age Batman is where you start to yes grow all those things and um and and reuse those characters and reshape those characters. But like Golden Age Batman has, I mean, first of all, he used a gun initially, but that's neither here nor there. But because it was the forties, but um he has an ending like that Bruce Wayne has a conclusion. He married whoever, um, he, and married had Catwoman. A, he married Catwoman and, and had a child and all that stuff. And anyway. retired. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I forget what we were even talking about. Uh, lanterns. Uh, and then, so yeah, paradise lost, which we've already talked about, which is probably going to, and I think that's smart to do like a look, we, we acknowledge that Themyscira is important to the D this new DCU, but Wonder Woman has been in a lot of movies recently. Yes. Um, and we can't relegate Wonder Woman to a TV show just yet. No. Um, because she's still too big. So we, but until we figure out what we want to do with her as a, and she very well could have a movie in the second half of Gods and Monsters, which is the name of this yeah. first chapter. Um, but for now, we need to like show the beginning of her society and stuff like that, which I think is really smart to yes. give it like, let us let's let people figure out what Themyscira is mm-hmm. and who these characters are and what they did in the past so that it doesn't have to just be a flashback in one of the movies. Yep. Um, uh, I think it's really smart. And if, like you said, like it ends with um, the birth of Diana, I think that's awesome. I think that's really yeah, cool. And, and then, then you just have a springboard for the next movie right there. Yeah. You don't need all the explanation. It's like, oh, Paradise Lost is the explanation, you know? So yeah, I'm very looking forward to that. Me too. And then aside from Peacemaker season two, which is also coming out of, at some point, um, the last thing that he announced was Booster Gold, which um, Booster Gold's such a weird and silly character. But if we're keeping Blue Beetle around, you gotta yep. ha- you, you can't have one without the other. I don't think. Yeah, I mean the Booster Gold is perfect. It's it's again it's a commentary. It was relevant in the '80s and it's relevant now, which is you know consumerism and branding with superheroes you know we see it on the boys a lot but like this could be a less gross version of yeah you know i'm i'm just a superhero because it increases my social media profile kind of <laughs> you know what i mean like that kind of selfish person who then becomes a true hero eventually like yeah. you know he's just a conceited egomaniac from the future who's like I, if i go back in the past i'm basically a king and yeah. so comes back using technology that he didn't invent that he has yeah. he shouldn't have it's a very it's a very funny character i He's like a that. great character and he plays so well against ted cord i hope yeah. this is all setting up in justice league international because i know james gunn loves that comic and it just feels like like my dream scenario for his dcu is like there's a proper big seven justice league film franchise and then you've got the jli as like a, a streaming series which might feature Batman a little bit in it or, you know, some of the bigger characters, but it would focus on Booster and Beetle and, you know, Guy Gardner and, you know, those guys. And I then you could bring in, I mean, Martian Manhunter, it kind of goes back and forth, but he was in JLI for yes. a while. Yeah. Dr. He was Fate. And, yeah. All those characters, you know, it's um, a great place for those characters that probably wouldn't get their own movie or show. And Mr. Miracle. Shout out. Yeah. Mr. Miracle. Oh man. 
I th- that was one of the the announced things that I was really bummed just never went anywhere was the New Gods movie, oh which would have been God. really difficult. But the Ava DuVernay New Gods project was really exciting when they first yeah. announced. I mean, it. I do kind of feel like New Gods might be better as a HBO series. Like some, I think it's this, right. it's it is kind of Game of Thrones in space. You know what I mean? Like it's this epic, you know, house this versus you know house that you know what i'm saying like it's the yeah. apocalypse versus new genesis that has got the makings for it it would be a very expensive show but a, a but a show you know i could see that working i really think a lot of these things are going to be streaming shows i i, I think the stuff that is going yeah. to be movies is going to be stuff that they know that they can sell to the mass like a superman a batman mm-hmm. you know if you look at what you know swamp thing won't need to be that expensive so you can make it kind of as a horror film almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you know, the authority is a big one. That's a, that's a, that you, you see why that's a movie, but the other ones I'm like, yeah, that can be a show. Blue Beetle should be a show, frankly, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think a JLI show would be really fun. I think you can have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Um, and also shout out to JM De Mateus and uh, the late great Keith Skiffen who created that. Yeah. Series. I mean, that comic was just so fantastic at the time. And, you know, when people say 80s comics or everything in DC was grim and gritty, I'm like, read Justice League International. Everything was not. Like, that was just a funny... It's very James Gunny, though. Like, it's it's funny, yes. but like it's also serious. Like, it, there's stakes. It's not just mm-hmm. a farce. Like, they're yeah. characters that have arcs, but, you know, it leans into comedy in the way Guardians does. You know, mm-hmm. very much so. Like, it's a bunch of losers, you know. They were, at the time, a bunch of DC characters that, like, either their books were just because Blue Beetle and Booster Gold had their own DC comics. They weren't successful. And it's like, well, what do we do with them? Like, put them in Justice League. And they become, like, these lovable losers. Right. You know? And it was just, it's a great, great series. Um, so I hope he takes inspiration from that. I have a feeling he will. Again, yeah. James Gunn, like, he, like Kevin Feige, knows his comics. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's important. And, like, all of... I, I I'm with you. Like, I hope these do well, not least because I love these characters, but because there's so much potential for other things like a teen Titans and oh a, my God. um, you know, uh, I mean, teen Titans is a huge one. Like if they can, if they can do teen Titans with the, the old school, like Wolfman Perez, like team up, that's, that's I mean, the it's way to weird go. That there was a show. I mean, teen, teen Titans is my absolute favorite DC property it's the reason I love comics it's and that they did this show that just kind of landed with a thud the way that it did is. Oh yeah. I forgot. I, for, I was like the cartoon. It. People like the cartoon. I thought I forgot that there was a whole show. It was <laughs> a live action show. It. And it, yeah. it, it just, they went, they did the Snydery thing yeah. with these characters that do not lend themselves to that at all. No. Like it was a very weird, there's some good casting on that show. Mm-hmm. There's, but it ultimately wasn't what you want out of Titans at all. And it was just I sort mean, of it opens with Robin saying F Batman, like sh- shut up. That's, that's basically the, the, you know, the show never really kind of gets past that vibe. No, you know, great casting for Donna Troy. I was happy to see Donna Troy in live action. Starfire mm-hmm. was great. All these people were great, but they just didn't, you know, <clears throat> Titans needs to have an Avengers budget. <laughs> You yeah. know, like it, 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 that's yeah. a thing that's it's a big you have an alien in it, you have magic realms, you have all this stuff, and the show just didn't they couldn't pull it off. No. A movie version of that would be excellent. Yeah. 
But they have, all... build, they have to they have to let the thing with a lot of this stuff is they have to let the stink go away of like the previous versions. There's just that waiting period of like, well, that show just ended, so let's yeah. wait a few years before we even attempt. And I think yeah. the thing about all this is that like and I won't say any of these are like surefire or anything like that or like or softballs, but like he's he the stuff that was announced for feature films. Superman, Batman, uh, the authority. Yes. Is like, an, that's the offshoot swamp thing. But like, these are all ones that have name recognition. What are the first three characters to get big screen DC comics, uh, adaptations, Superman, swamp thing, and Batman. Those are the bit, the first three, yeah. um, uh, you know, in the post serial age, um, uh, not post the serial company. You know what I meant? Yeah, I know what you meant. Uh, after serials. <laughs> yeah. Um, matinee serials. Matinee cereals, yeah. yeah. Um, so I find that like it, it, it was, it's just a very smart thing to do. The authority is a personal, like a, a you know, a, a personal favorite of his, um, and also can have a really interesting like take on uh, with Superman, and and also that Supergirl comic is wonderful and can be a, a great standalone thing. So I think that's what I'm most looking forward to with the DCU is not just using these characters correctly, but like let's adapt specific DC stories that are great using these characters because the comics, they all like, they don't have to be super interconnected to be good. In fact, most of the time they, the less connected they are to each other, the better. Better. Um, And they have some of the best, like DC comics work really well as graphic novels, whereas Marvel comics Mm -hmm. generally works better as serials. Yep. And that's, that's a very like kind of easy or, you know, like a, a, derivative way to say that or, or reductive is what I meant. Um, but that's true. Like when I got into comics, it was reading DC graphic novels. It wasn't reading, mm-hmm. it wasn't, or trade paperbacks. It wasn't reading like full series of stuff the way that I was reading X-Men and Wolverine and Spider-Man when I was a kid where yeah. you read monthly and you're just like, great, excited. Like they, they take so much more time to go. This writer has a take or this writer artist pair have a take and they will last 12 issues or maybe, between six and 12 issues and then that's that. And then we'll go to the next thing. And like, that's fine. And acknowledging that that's what DC is and can't do the Marvel thing is the way it's going to succeed because you can't, they're different beasts. They're not just something you can replicate. They're not identical. I mean, DC comics became more Marvel-esque by the eighties. Like Mm -hmm. they started to be much more interconnected than they ever were before, but they still were never interconnected on the level of, marvel no they certainly never not. will no. there'd be a big event every year where everybody got together but generally those comics were in their own worlds you know sometimes to their detriment mm-hmm. you know sometimes it was like wait a minute why isn't you know gotham city has collapsed <laughs> how come no one's talking about it anywhere else there were times where it could have used some of that but right. um generally that's what i've always liked about dc dc's characters always felt like they were in their each major character was its own kingdom and i love that you yeah. know like Jeff Johns has said that, but it was like Green Lantern ruled space. Flash ruled time, time and time travel. Wonder Woman was mythology. You know, Superman was hard sci-fi. You know, Batman is grit. Like they all had their own and they all had their own cities. Yeah. You know, they all had their own fictional cities. And that's that was what's so great about DC. And I really and James kind of said he's leaning into that. Like the idea of like, yeah, that's what makes DC different. They have all these fictional cities. Mm-hmm. There's all these fictional locales that have their own personality 
that is not what Marvel does. Marvel's all takes place in New York, real world locations. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I can't wait to see like, you know, weird play, Opal city or whatever the hell, you know, I hope we don't see any real cities. I hope that like the, I hope yeah. the DC, I hope the DCU on screen is just like, there's just fake stand-ins for every major American city. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hope LA is just coast city. Yeah. You know, like there is no Los Angeles. It's just, you know, there is no New York. There's just metropolis. Although there is a New York and DC, but anyway, um, you know, we don't it, need to, there was, if, if we go down that path, it, it'll lead yeah, to it figure no out sense. how America could exist with a city, the size of metropolis and the city, the, the size of Gotham and New York city that close to each other. It just could right. not work. No, we just don't. We just, we just can't wave that away. <laughs> it's just, it's not real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I hope you all enjoyed our kind of um, sort of postmortem about the DCEU. I, one thing we'll get into a little bit more next year, probably once we kind of know what's, what's going on uh, we, with both of these, you know, and, and Deadpool three is a good example, but like you, there is no argument at this point that the Sony spider verse, even the, you know, any of the versions of that or the X-Men films have actually ended. They are, continuing on in some fashion of the the marvel multiverse and um this is not the dc films are getting rebooted and it's a very like hard abrupt reboot and this is the first time a huge cinematic universe that attempted to be such was rebooted um kind of midstream it seems like <laughs> it didn't get a chance to end on its own terms it is just no. ending because it didn't work gloriously yeah um anyway so thanks for listening uh eric how can people find you and your work on the internet should they choose to do so um you can find me at geek boy eric on twitter and threads and you know every day here on nerdist yeah eric has been writing a lot of really great pieces about um the the definitive comic uh runs of certain characters and and books and that has been one of my favorite things you've done this year um i have also used that as a as an excuse to <laughs> to buy books <laughs> they're like ah this one is one that eric uh recommend i just need time to read them all yep. um you can find me on uh social media i'm basically just on instagram and I, only that to post pictures of cats for the most part um but you can find me there a functional underscore nerd you can follow me on letterboxd kyle underscore anderson um, and please listen to back issues of back issues, back episodes of laser focus. If this is your first, uh, we have a bunch, um, and a lot of really great, uh, topics. And if you like listening to Eric and I talk about comics, we do it a lot on this podcast every, yes. basically once a month we do this and I th- I'm yeah. okay with it. Um, Your all right. Thank you. X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Listen to our chat about X-Men. That's the one that I get the most comments on, um, from people is that, it's just two dorks going off about X-Men comics. <laughs> it's, it's enjoyable, I think, for some people. So anyway, um, thank you all for listening to Laser Focus. I've been Kyle Anderson. Join me again next week when my guest will be a different person. Bye-bye. Laser Focus is a production of Nerdist Industries and Legendary Digital Networks. It was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Kyle Anderson. For more, visit Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com.